Life has always had a way of throwing punches. There is always going to be that saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I've fallen many times, but I've always been able to pick myself up. Has that been the same for you? Are you struggling to pick yourself back up or put the pieces of your life back together? Join me, Alexis, on Clutch, a podcast by RGAA powered by Building Rome as we begin our healing journey. by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to Clutch, a podcast by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. I am Alexis, and for today, I will be your host. On the line, I have Tawanda. Tawanda, would you like to say hi to our guests? Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday, and thank you for allowing me to be on your show today, Miss Alexis. No problem. Today's topic is a topic near and dear to my heart. The title is called, I've Fallen, But I've Gotten Back Up. You've heard of the saying that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and I truly do believe that life will always throw you punches. Because in all honesty, I don't think that we ever can foresee everything that is coming our way. If we did, trust me, everybody would be successful. We could avoid, like, the whole situation that's been here for nine months, the coronavirus. If there was such a thing where you can foresee the future, what's coming, you would definitely make choices around that so you can avoid certain things. But as a child where I indulged in reading fantasy books and such like that, a lot of there has been a common theme where while if you had magical powers and if you could see the future, the future is never guaranteed because it's always dependent on a person's choices. Like, for example, if tomorrow I wanted to go buy a pumpkin, right? Today's choices will affect my decision for tomorrow, or tomorrow morning might affect my trip to go get a pumpkin, only because things consistently changes. We, The only thing that we have control over in reality is ourselves, and or choices. We cannot control other people's choices, nor can we control what will or will not come our way. We can hope, we can wish, or we can make choices that will guide us on a certain pathway to get what we want or what we hope will come our way, but we can't control everything, right? And for me, sometimes that is a problem because I am a control freak. It is a known fact among my family that I always 100% have to be in control of the situation around me. I don't like it when things change. I definitely do not like it when people don't tell me 
that things have changed for them that could affect my situation, nor do I like it when somebody else is in control. So last week, we talked about my childhood trauma. We talked about not judging a book by its cover, and that is my childhood trauma and my situation growing up in the environment that I did attributed to the fact that I am a control freak. I've learned to be that way because as a child, my mom and dad made decisions that affected my childhood, right? I didn't have control. I always had to follow. My mom's choices affected me and my younger sister. My father's choices affected me and my sister. So as I grew up as a teenager, a young adult, and now an adult, I learned that if I am in control, if I choose to make my choices, if I think about my choices, and I Follow the thought process of if I make choice A, what who will it affect? Will it affect certain people? Will it affect myself later down the road? Would it change the situation now? Would it make the situation better or worse? Or can I just go ahead and make this decision right out the bat, but in the end, the result will be good? It always has to do with control with me. For example... I grew up Buddhist, right, and there are a lot of traditions. And one of the main traditions has always been, we call it Chinese New Year, but I'm not Chinese, Chinese New Year and celebration of the people who have passed on the day that they pass. We make offerings. I am such a control freak or anal retentive about what needs to be done and what needs to be done when, how, and now. There are certain dishes that I could care less if it's catered or not or if somebody else makes it, but there are certain dishes I have to make myself because I do not trust that it will get done the way I want it or the way that everybody is used to. So one year, a family member literally told me to my face, you are such a control freak. You are so anal retentive. It is no longer fun. You're dictating to us what needs to be done. You're not allowing us to voice our opinion. I said, I did give you a chance to voice your opinion. I asked you point blank. Two months ago, what did you want on the menu, and you never bothered to respond. So when I ask you a question and you do not give me an answer, then, yes, I'm going to be a control freak and dictate what I want. And I know you and I know the family well enough to know who is allergic to what, who is going to eat what, and what needs to be done. But if you say that I am such a control freak and ain't no retentive, so I'm going to teach you a lesson. You can plan the event. How's that? So she said, okay, fine. I'm going to plan an event. And guess what happened? 
because she is not a control freak, because she's not anal retentive, because she does not have enough experience to know that our family needs to be written hard. Because when you let them do whatever it is that they want, when you don't demand an answer from them, you're never going to get one. And everything is left in the air. And for a control freak like me, that just does not rise. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. So she took control of the event. And guess what? The event never happened because she never planned it down to tooth and nail. She never nailed down the details. She never nailed down who was coming. She never nailed down the date, the time, or who was bringing what. So the event never happened. And after the event, I get a text message that says, well, Alexis, I guess there is a reason why you're anal retentive and a control freak. And all I said was, I told you so. That's my point of falling and getting back up. Because there was a time in my life where I was not a control freak, where I was perfectly fine with riding out whatever wave that comes. But after my grandma passed away and we no longer had a central place where everybody could come, because in a family, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter how close they seem, there will always be people who don't get along with so-and-so or people who live in the drama world where they can't keep the drama at the door and come in and do what they should as in tradition, as in spend time with your family, as in do what you need to do. So after my grandma passed, I did fall. I fell hard. Not to say when my mom passed, I didn't fall. But my mom, believe it or not, died when I was 14. I was still a child. So the Traditions were being held by my grandma, by certain other adults in my family. I didn't get a choice. So my only responsible, my responsibility was to show up, dress appropriately in the appropriate colors, and help out, as in pass out food or cook whatever it is I was told. But after my grandma died, right, there was no more central place. Certain people couldn't come to certain people's houses, and we decided to divide as a family because that's just the sad truth. After my grandma died, a lot of people in the family are like, well, she's dead now, so I'm no longer coming home. That's fine. And for the first year, I fell hard. I couldn't even pick myself back up because my grandmother died when I was 30, And I realized that is incredibly rare because a lot of people lose their grandparents before they were born or when they were young. Yeah, my mom passed when I was 14. My grandma died when I was 30. So most of my memories, most of my love, most of my sense of security is from my grandmother because my grandmother is the person who I always run home to. I equate home with my grandma because my grandma's house and my grandma is always the person that I run home to when I'm upset. Granted that later on in her years, she couldn't talk back to me, but my grandma was my biggest source of comfort, right? 
whenever I'm upset, whenever I want to cry, whenever I just want somewhere to go, I always went home to my grandma. So after she passed, I fell, and I wasn't sure if I can pick myself back up. My grandma died in July, and because Buddhist tradition is you're supposed to give them food 90 days after they pass to ensure they don't starve, right? And I blew up at that event because I tried and I tried and I tried to maintain my temper. I wanted things done a certain way. My sister knows me well enough to get out of the kitchen. It's just best don't go in the kitchen. And certain family members were so insensitive that I lost my freaking marble. Because one person actually had the nerve to say, Alexis, the world doesn't revolve around you. You can't control everything. So I'm going to show up when I show up. And if that doesn't work for you, too damn bad. So after they said that, I exploded. It was not a pretty sight, nor was it a pretty conversation. And today's theme is about falling and getting back up. So I fell when my grandma passed. I got up when I had this 90-day event to plan, and I was like, I'm not going to let my grandma starve. I believe in the tradition. I believe in the religion that my grandmother chose to believe and, and have faith in. I believe that if I don't give her food on the days that she's supposed to have food, then my grandma will starve until somebody in the family decides to give her food. No offense, don't trust my family. Just don't. Mm-mm. Nope. So I believe that if I did not feed my grandmother, then when I pass away, I'm going to have to answer to her. And this is exactly what I said in that conversation where I decided to pick myself back up. I told everybody in the family that, you know what, I'm done. I'm done writing you people. I'm done controlling everything. I can't do everything myself. She's your mother, but she's my grandmother. I will always do what I need to do traditional-wise. You are more than welcome to participate, and if you choose not to, when you die, you can answer, or you can answer to her, plain and simple. When you die, you can explain to your mother why you didn't choose to show up or why you didn't choose to do your own event or whatever it is you need to answer to from her because we're not going to go back in the past and describe how you treated her towards the end of her life. I do not want to answer to my grandmother when I die. I'd rather have my grandmother hug me and say, it's nice to see you. Welcome home. Other than that, we're moving on. So 
I had to pick myself back up. And it was hard because when you lose someone, regardless of how long the relationship, regardless of how small, you always grieve, right? And when you grieve, it's really hard to, how do I put this, move forward, right? I don't mean to sound unsensitive because everybody grieves in a different way. For some people in my family, I honestly believe they didn't grieve at all or in a long period of time only because they didn't spend her last few years with her or they weren't as close to her. But when I lost my grandmother, I literally cried for days only because it was a huge sense of loss. My sister, even though she did not spend as much time with my grandmother towards the end of my grandma's life, she was also close to my grandmother. My sister always came home on her day off of work. My sister always came home with me when I wanted to make a quick trip to her. So we grieved for a while. Certain people, they grieve privately. Everybody grieves in a certain way. But the truth of the matter is, even when we experience something tragic, the world is still moving. Work is still happening. School is still happening. Life responsibilities is still happening. The world doesn't stop when we are experiencing something traumatic. It just doesn't. That's the reality of it. At the time of my grandma's death, my sister was still responsible for school. She was still responsible for her clinic. At the time of my grandma's death, if I remember correctly, I still had responsibilities for school. While your while other people might give you a grace period that says, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. It's okay. Take a couple of days and let us know when you're ready to come back. You still have to come back. It's the same thing with work. If you lost somebody at work, yes, they will give you time known as a grievance period or something like that where they say, okay, it's time for you to plan the funeral. It's time for you to attend the funeral. It's maybe a day or two for you to grieve, but then you still have to go back because you have bills to pay. And if you're an adult and you are married and or you have kids, you have kids to take care of, right? And a lot of people go, well, how do you pick yourself back up? You just experienced something tragic, and you fell. You fell rock bottom. And how do you pick yourself back up? It's like the weight of the world is weighing down on you, your grief, your feelings, your anger, denial, however, whatever feeling you're experiencing. Because when my grandmother passed away, a sense of me was relieved that she was no longer in pain and she was able to pass so peacefully at home. But I was angry. I was furious that she liked me because, like, she likes me. I'm officially an orphan. Granted that I do have a father that I don't speak to, and my mom passed, but my grandmother was my last maternal figure. Like, I was furious that she liked me because she left me all alone. She did. 
And for the longest time, I'm like, I am so angry. I am so angry at my family. I am so angry at my grandma. And I'm so angry at my mom. Because whenever when my grandmother died, it brought up feelings of abandonment only because my mom died at 14, but I still had my grandmother. So, like, now my grandmother is gone, and it brings up emotions of being abandoned because essentially I am abandoned. Like, my mom passed, and now my grandma passed, and I'm abandoned. Granted, I still have my aunt who raised me, but she was not maternal, right? She's not maternal in the way that my grandmother and my mother was. I can't run to my auntie and ask for a hug. She's not that kind of person. Not to say that she doesn't love me, but she's not that kind of person. When I want a hug, I usually go to my grandma or when I was a child to my mom. Now, like, who's going to hug me? Who's going to comfort me? And for a while, it was so hard to move on. But life's responsibilities, eventually, you're going to have to get out of bed. Eventually, you're going to have to get back up. And a lot of people always say, well, if you get back up, how do you move forward? Because even if you do get back up, you don't want to take that first step. You don't want to move forward because in the case, of moving forward after someone has passed, you feel a sense of betrayal. You feel like you're betraying the person who was once there. If you move forward, you have this fear that you're going to forget, that you're no longer going to think about this person. You no longer feel, or you might think that, okay, I'm moving forward, I'm going to forget all about them, I'm not going to think about them. But the truth of the matter is that's not true. We have to move forward in life because life is going to move forward with or without you. And as cruel as that may seem, especially when a person just lost someone and they have to go back to school or they have to go back to work or they have to get up, and move forward, it seems cruel because we're leaving behind someone that we care so much about. But the truth of the matter is you're not forgetting that person. You're not leaving that person behind. You're carrying that person in your heart, and the memory lives within you. So essentially, you're not leaving somebody behind because how could you? They're no longer on earth. There is no body to leave behind. You're not leaving your memories behind because your memories go with you wherever you go. So when you take that first step, as you're starting to move forward, the pain is unbearable, right? You you feel so much pain that... Sometimes it's hard to take the step, but there is a silver lining, right? The more we move forward, the more we take the steps, the more we pick ourselves up and start reentering life, the easier the steps get. I'm not saying your grief will lessen. I'm not saying the pain won't dull itself. I'm just saying a day at a time, the pain itself will lessen. 
but the love, the memories will still be there as strong as ever. That is what I mean by picking yourself up after the loss of a loved one or after a tragedy because sometimes grief can be comforting because it gives us a sense of to the person or the situation, right? Loss doesn't have to be a person. It can be a situation. And sometimes when we leave that grief behind, in a way we're losing our security blanket or something to hold on to. So when we move forward a day at a time, that security blanket or the thing we hold on to is getting further and further away. And as we move forward, before you know it, time does heal all wounds. Because for me, the first year after losing my grandmother, Blew by, and before I know it, knew it, it's now 2020, and she's been gone for four years. I'm not saying that I don't miss my grandmother, but I no longer feel the pain of her passing away. So now my only memories of her are the ones that I choose to remember, and that's what helps you get back up. The memories, like remember. Any situation or any person that you have lost along the way, there will always be memories that you yourself can trigger to help you smile, to help you remember that person. Because a person only achieves immortality in the memories of the people that are left behind. And with that, let's go ahead and take our break. Clutch by RGAA is powered by Building Rome. Building Rome, Inc. is a professional company that provides an array of services to freelancers, creatives, virtual hustlers, and business owners. For more information on hiring Building Rome, log on to the website at buildingromeinc.com. Once again, the website is buildingromeinc.com. If you're seeking a website, logo, graphic designer, virtual assistant, or maybe you're starting a business or anything when it comes to business, personal, or social needs, consider doing business with us. We are ELI Solutions. We have the solution for you. Our website is wehavethesolution.org. If you have a business or you are seeking to start a business, please protect yourself when it comes to contracts, accidents, document review, new clients, and more. 
Just Life Events can assist you with getting access to quality attorneys at reduced rates for all of your business needs. We can also help with family plans, plans for truckers, large and small businesses, and so much more. Remember, it's better to have and not need than to need and not have. Contact Clutch on to your drinks while we listen to today's trending news story. Nate Burrell, one of the stars of A&E docuseries Six Days In, has taken his own life. His sister, Chelsea Walker, said he committed suicide Saturday night. She says her brother has shot and killed himself out in public in downtown Allegan, Michigan. He posted a long suicide note on Facebook saying, This isn't a mission of guilt. I'm just tired. I've been through so much in my life. The pain of my situation now hurts more than I imagined. I can't keep going on. Nate leaves behind an unborn child on the way with his wife, but it looks like he and his wife have split. He wrote, I can only imagine how bad this would all turn out, all the legal crap that would ensue after this with custody and everything else. You win. You have promised for weeks you will ruin my life, and I have no idea who I was messing with. You are right. I didn't know who I was messing with. Burrell served in the military as a Marine from 2006 to 2010. He was in the infantry and served two tours in Iraq. Nate went on to receive his associate degree in criminal justice and law enforcement in 2014. He was a fish and wildlife officer in Michigan. Our condolences to his family. So before the break, we talked about how to pick yourself back up after a tragic event or situation or the loss of someone. So let's talk about how do you pick yourself situations like disappointments or when things don't work out the way you hoped they would. When back in 2015, I started nursing school. And at the time, I chose to do accelerated program, where instead of a 13-week semester, it was a five-week semester. And the truth of the matter was, I am a smart student, but maybe that was not the best choice for myself, only because it was a lot of information to absorb. I did okay in the first few semesters, you're not allowed to get below an 80, so I had my A's and B's, but I failed at pharmacology, uh, pharma, pharmacology one and dosage and calculations. I failed because I just didn't do that well on my Kaplan, and it was hard to pick myself back up because I had set so much expectations. I expected to be a nurse. I expected to do well. I wanted to prove everybody wrong. And yet again, I failed. I failed because I failed a class, classes, and I'm not going to blame anybody else. 
And the truth of the matter was, it's kind of ironic, when I had the conversation with the dean of nursing, she literally told me, you're the last person I expected to sit in front of me. And she said, it's really a shame that this is, that we have that new role, because had we not had that new role, you could have just waited the semester out or the cohort and then just come back. But we can't because you're not allowed to fail two classes. You're only allowed to fail one. So I moved to a different school, and I kept on getting on and off, on and off the bandwagon of school. It had to do with life situations. It just had to do with me. And it was, like, so disappointing for me whenever I set a goal and I can't accomplish it one way or another. And how do you pick yourself back up? Because when you yourself determine what you want to do or you yourself make a choice or a goal, you want to finish that choice out or to see that goal out. And it is disappointing when things don't work out the way you hoped they would. So how do you pick yourself back up? I don't have all the answers, and I'm not claiming that I have all the answers. The only way to pick yourself back up in a situation like that is you don't have a choice. You can't sit there and wallow and say, okay, school didn't work out, so now I'm just going to sit here and cry about it. Yes, you are entitled to cry because the situation didn't work out the way that you want it to. But guess what? As in picking yourself back up after a tragic situation, you're going to have to pick yourself back up after this particular situation only because life is going to move on and there's always tomorrow. You can try, try, try again. For me, school has always been there. You can always go back, right? Yes, it will cost money and such like that. You have to work out the finances and all of that. That is not the intent of this particular podcast. But my intent is to help you pick yourself back up after things don't turn out the way that you want them to. How you do it is the first step is you're just going to have to accept that it didn't work out. This is easier said than done. For me, definitely. Sometimes when things don't work out, we feel like total failures. Or we feel like there could have been something that we could have done better. Or we shouldn't have made this decision in the first place, etc., etc. You're just going to have to accept that the situation didn't work itself out the way that you hope. The second is to forgive yourself. What I mean by forgive yourself is we always feel like we failed when things don't get accomplished and or when the situation does not work out or the plan or the goal did not complete itself or achieve. Forgive yourself. Because nobody is perfect. We can't do everything. If I could do everything, then my life would definitely be different, but I don't know if it would be better. But forgive yourself. Forgive yourself that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay that the situation doesn't always turn out the way that we want. 
because here's the secret. When something does not turn out the way we want or when we don't accomplish a goal, there's always tomorrow. But tomorrow might bring us something better or it might put the situation back in front of us with a better plan or a different way to accomplish. Remember when I said failed nursing school? I returned to school for health science, and that program was just as rigorous as nursing, but slightly better because I didn't have to worry about Kaplan's, nor did I have to worry about clinicals because I am a plus-size girl, and clinicals are 12 hours long on your feet. So I made the decision to switch to health sciences, but there is always the option of going back to nursing because that's what a lot of students do, start out in health sciences and then switch over to nursing. But forgive yourself. Forgive yourself that it didn't work out or forgive yourself for failure. And the third and final step is to try, try again. Either try to accomplish the goal that you want, try to finish out your plan another way, or try to move forward and set another goal. And that's the only three steps that you can take to pick yourself back up. Because the truth of the matter is, despite you having a support system, whether it's a friend, a family member, or a significant other to cheer you on or to give you words of encouragement, you are the only one that can <clears throat> excuse me, can pick yourself back up. And you are the only one who can choose to move forward. Because if you choose not to move forward, no matter how many people give you an opportunity or no matter how many people give you a helping hand to pull you off the ground, if you don't help pull yourself off the ground, it ain't going to work. Because think about it this way. If you're sitting on the ground and you need to get up and somebody's standing there say, okay, I'll give you a hand up, they can give you a hand up and pull. But if you don't push yourself off the ground, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to end up pulling the person down because of gravity. So clearly if somebody or an opportunity is given to you, the only person who can literally pick you or yourself back up is you and you're not going to do that until you learn how to be okay with step two which is forgive yourself because that is the hardest step to do because yes you can accept the fact that the the situation didn't work out there's nothing you can do to change the fact that you failed a class you can't go back and beg a teacher to change your grade. You can't go back and retake a test. You can't go back and redo a paper. You're just going to have to accept the fact that you failed that class. Or in that case, or in this case, I just have to accept it. But I have to also forgive myself and be okay with the fact that I failed this class. Because if I choose not to forgive myself, then that's going to affect how I move forward in my journey of school. That's going to uh, affect you in a situation where you can't forgive yourself to move forward with your life or to better the situation or to fix. Because life will always throw us punches where we cannot foresee everything. And a lot of these punches are going to knock us on our behind. 
where we're going to have to pick ourselves back up. The truth of the matter is the only person who can do that is you, as I said before. Despite opportunities, despite other people willing to give you a helping hand, you yourself have to pick yourself up and determine where do you go from here. Topic, it's not meant to depress, it's to encourage. Because I've fallen so many times in my life, but I've gotten back up. And that's the only way that you can move forward or accomplish any other goals that you have. Because if life knocks you on the behind and you stay down, you're entitled to stay down, but at the same time, life is going to move forward. And when you decide to finally venture out, you're going to realize time moved on without you, you missed out on so much, and as it happens, you might have missed out on an opportunity that could have benefited you. So for me, let's just use me as a final example. If I weren't okay with failure, if I didn't never picked myself back up, I would have missed out on so many opportunities, such as changing my major, such as meeting um, people that I have met recently, such as having the opportunities that I have had recently. Because if I didn't pick myself up, I would still be back somewhere in years past, still holding on to something that I wish I could hold on to, but I can't. So my words of wisdom to you, when you fall on your butt and you need to pick yourself back up, pick yourself back up. Don't let others keep you down. Don't let yourself get defeated by somebody else, by your situation or the circumstances of why you were knocked on your behind. If you allow other people to dictate how, whether you pick yourself back up or if you allow the circumstances or the results of a situation to keep you down, you have no one to blame but yourself. And the reason why I say that is misery loves company. There's always going to be people in your life that love to see you fail, if only because it means the success will go to them, or if only they just get pleasure to see you fail. But if nothing better, you can use the fact that other people love to see you miserable or love to see the fact that you're failing to make them feel better. Use that as motivation to pick yourself back up because that's exactly what I did When I first started nursing school, I had so many people in my life tell me, oh, your sister is always smarter than you. Oh, you're never going to do anything other than wipe butts 
in um, genitalia area for a living. It's such a shame because you were such a smart girl. You were born in this country, and you're so stupid. You can't even get an A. You didn't go to college when you were supposed to. You're never going to amount to anything, so you're always going to be in the position to take care of somebody else. You can't even take care of yourself. And a lot of people definitely said, oh, going back to school is not even an option for you because you're just plain stupid. You're never going to get into a program or anything like that. And guess what? I used all that negativity. I made the decision to go back to nursing school, and I got in. I got into a nursing program, and I stayed in for as long as I could. Granted, it did not work the way that I wanted to, but I got in, and I proved those people wrong. And guess what? Those people didn't even know that I got into the nursing program until after I got into the nursing program. And when they made a comment to me saying, oh, what are you doing all day? They didn't even know that I went back to school, and I literally had the pleasure of watching their face saying, sorry, busy, can't do what you want me to do because I have nursing class. So if anything, my words of wisdom to you is when you have negativity around you and when people or your the situation time and time again are kicking you down and they want to kick you down, use that negativity. Use that negativity to encourage you to pick yourself up. If for anything, prove them wrong. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Clutch, a podcast by Real Girlfriends Across America. Clutch onto us tight by following us on all of our social media platforms. This includes Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Like, share, and follow us. Did you miss the episode? Don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Speaker. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube by searching for Real Girlfriends Across America and visit our website at www.realgirlfriends.org. And until next time, touch on to your best friend and stay tuned.